Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today on episode 707, it is Cinco de Mayo here in the U.S., although if you go to Mexico, nobody knows what you're talking about. It's apparently somewhere in Mexico, they celebrate the uh, the Battle of France, although you ask anybody in Mexico, they have no idea. But it's an American holiday, we'll call it that, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Let's jump into Mexico's cannabis legalization. Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on the Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, so we're looking at uh, Mexico's cannabis legalization hitting a snag in the Senate. So either Israel or Mexico, they're going to be the third or fourth country to legalize as soon as they figure their stuff out. But apparently there's a couple senators in happy a uh, couple senators in Mexico that are unhappy with some of the key changes to the bill. So um, they want to be third to legalize, but it's kind of down to the wire. So looking at the proposed bill where a revised version is under consideration, um, some of the folks uh, assuming that with this deadline coming soon that they're going to make that decision, although it could be continuously kicked down the road. This is a surprise to me, Josh. I, I thought this was a done deal, quite frankly. Uh, and now to hear that there's a hiccup is unfortunate. So they want to reduce criminality and eliminate the prohibition that led to, you know, all of the uh, injustice down in Mexico. So there's a couple of, of issues, one being that uh, the version of the bill includes regulatory permits for individuals growing for personal use and the ability to request multiple licenses and the ambiguity of advantages given to small scale farmers. So that's just one of the, the issues apparently that they're going through Washington State. We don't have home grow, but there are businesses that are trying to, um, you know, utilize this this new opportunity take advantage of of the legalization in uh in mexico and so uh, with that i have no doubt that you're going to see just like in washington we had a lot of um warehouses where you could go and find all of your soil and growing stuff and now they're all gone as soon as the rec market came in and the home grow went away a lot of those warehouses are just gone now so you have to kind of buy it online but there are some opportunities at any new entrants, especially with you look at Canada, Mexico is going to follow suit with federal legalization, allowing for all of that. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of waste down there as, as well. But nonetheless, they're going to try and follow Uruguay, go legal and find opportunities in the marketplace. What'll be interesting to me, Josh, is whether or not uh, the, the big players in the industry, not just MSOs, but I'm talking about corporate America, you know, Constellation brands um, and big players uh, heading to Mexico. Uh, there was an initial flush into Colombia and then somehow, some way that all fell apart. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, these, these big multinational players uh, going to Mexico. Um, I can see advantages in Mexico. Uh, you know, we always talk about cost of goods sold, but then you have to be able to transport it across the border. And then of course, once you're in the U.S. Uh, across state borders. Uh, so I don't know if it's not federally legal, if there's any benefits to taking advantage of the low cost of goods sold in Mexico or not right. until that happens, Josh. Yeah, 80% of the territory is suitable for growing down there. They anticipate 27,000 tons 
So that's a $22 billion market, but it's going to take around 18 months for them to figure that out. Still much, much faster than Virginia's three years. <laughs> uh, so they're going to, what's going to be allowed people be able to, uh, of legal age to consume psychoactive cannabis, um, the sale of cannabis and its derivatives to adult use will be allowed, although must be done in authorized establishments. Um, six plants at home. I think that's what Washington will have. Um, or they do actually, if you, but you have to sign up for it. It's not just open to everybody. Um, so yeah, a lot of opportunities here for, with the Mexican uh, market down there. Once it does go legal, um, we'll take a look at growers that are worried that their future... Um, you know, I don't think anybody's worried about bathtub gin. I don't think anybody's worried about cigarettes being sold out of the trunk of a car. I don't think growers should be worried about home grow taking away from uh, from their market share. Um, but that's just, you know, one, one thing one, that leads to another when you have legalization, people are just worried that their market share is going to be taken away. And so some of the growers are worried about what's going to happen under federal legalization, but hopefully all in all ends up working out. Um, they need reform. That's another article here. Um, obviously, sh things should be moving along and going from, you know, restrictive and um, just something that the, um, the gangs down there have access to, to being fully legalized and available online. Um, not online, maybe that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> Will they have online delivery? I don't know, probably they should. They should. <laughs> All that good stuff. Yeah, but that's exciting. So things are moving forward down there. Um, they're just trying to make it ideal, which is better than in Washington. We wanted things to be ideal. They pushed forward through anyways, and then it's taking a long time to make any changes whatsoever. So get what you want, get it done right the first time. Uh, it's a lot easier than trying to make adjustments and changes down the road. So 22, I agree with that. Yeah, 22 billion is huge. That's a massive opportunity. It is. So not only that, but the stigma as well. So there's a lot of folks I think are going to follow the Arizona um, kind of mentality of conservative, not really use pre-rolls, probably go with um, edibles and or vapes, things that are, um, you know, less obvious, I guess, because there is so much um, surrounding that uh, the cannabis down in Mexico is being attributed to uh, war and, and violence. Um, so it's going to be a huge stigma for them to get over that. And, you know, Josh, we saw that in Colombia specifically, uh, what, it was a very big issue. That stigma, uh, I think, remains to this day in, in Colombia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, legalization is here. People are definitely wanting that tax revenue, um, but using that uh, agricultural commodity as something more therapeutic and healthy will hopefully um, trump or, or override uh, that kind of negative stigma that we have, um, just a matter of time for all of that to, to come to the, the surface and um, enjoy cannabis for what it is. <laughs> what I'm interested to see is if Mexico sees a corresponding spike in jobs growth like we did in the U.S. Every state that legalizes has a significant bump in job growth, and, and this might be a possible methodology for Mexico to uh, impact their economy uh, mm -hmm. by just opening up a whole new area 
and transferring some formerly illicit uh, experts, shall we say, into legitimate experts uh, that can produce a high quality product with the aim, ultimate aim for, uh, for export. Yeah, there's a lot of ideas out there floating around um, any, anywhere about products. One of the concepts that came to me via a lead through the World Trade Center's export store was um, mezcal-infused gummies. So somebody already wants to create a, a tequila and CBD, tequila and THC um, mezcal gummy bear. So um I've had crazier concepts when I worked at the World Trade Center a long time ago. Somebody came through and wanted salmon jerky. I thought that was a terrible concept. Ended up not tasting too bad. Now they're in Costco and everywhere else. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, what do we know? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, something will come out of all this. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, there will be some kind of worm that is THC infused in, in a mezcal bottle, no doubt. All right, with that, we're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.